0: Morning, Jarvis. Good morning, Commander. How are we doing? The ship's systems have been checked and are okay. Have I got any emails? Yes, two. What's the first email? From Alvin DeFear. Grow Woof Woof Grow. Translating, please wait. Is Thursday's Studio 5 recording completed?
1: What's the second one?
0: From M. Stryker, Sorry, Ventura, but I am unable to meet with you this weekend. Something has come up. We'll talk to you next month.
1: Okay, back to the main menu. Uh, can you get the latest edition of the Hot and Orbital Radio News Digest? Thanks. Right, play it
0: when you have it. Please wait. Searching. Searching. Found. Loading. Now playing. In
2: a station corridor above some unnamed moon, through one of the windows a gas giant can be seen swirling in the far distance. A soldier creeps down a corridor, one step at a time, walking in and out of the pools of light by each window. He pauses by a glowing supply cabin and cracks it open, eyes lighting up at the sight of a medpack and a dangerous looking piece of personal armament. He lets off an involuntary piece of Anglo-Saxon expletive, totes the new weapon, checks the ammunition load out, and heads back down the corridor. Rounding a corner, he sees a disgusting, lurching, unwashed fiend. Firing off around from him listening at the next corner, he can hear heavy breathing and footsteps. Wisely, he nicks a jail pack of road rage, a roid range inducing stimulants, rounds the corner, unleashes a barrage of weapons fire, and dives into a nearby lift. He mashes the button for level five, it takes a second for his heart rate to back down to get back down to one hundred and forty beats a minute. And as the door opens onto the studio, he hears the terrifying words
3: Our mics are live. Good evening, ladies, gentlemen, truckers, and other. I'm Rudolph Chainsaw Hucker. This is Hutton Orbital Radio Live. Don't mind the terrifying combat-armoured sight that's just wandered into view. We've made him a nice chamomile tea to calm him down. Yes, we're joined in the studio by this week's special guest, Barnaby Wilde. He's a genetic cross of a rhinoceros with a side order of the rock and a smattering of honey badger. And he's decided that Studio 5 is a safe haven from the great unwashed. By the way, what did you do
2: to Cecil? Good evening. Sorry, that Cecil mistook him for a fiend from the pit. It was the breath toxic?
3: Now, ah, well, Nurse Wyeth will have him back in shape in no time. What shape? Nobody knows, but at least it will be a shape. Talking of shapes, those figures on the other seats are this week's presenters. We've got Harry the Handgun Bullzac.
4: Good evening, Rudolph. Uh, bit terrifying, isn't he? Uh, does he need to be wearing that power armor? Apparently so. He's worried about denizens
2: from the lower levels. You can never be too careful. It's dangerous out
1: there.
3: Dockers. Uh, Yeah, just so. We also have Amelia the Atomizer Hawk.
5: Locked and loaded.
3: And Flossie the Pan.
6: They're not getting past me. The news carries on, regardless of invasion by person or person unknown, or the deletion of Galnet by the Pilots' Federation. It's time for some headlines.
3: Major General in major danger after challenging Thargoid to single combat.
4: Colourful hankies cause consternation in avic games.
5: Hutton engineers the Bomber meter to measure S.I. Ick.
4: Riverbelt swan song as Trucker goes tracking. Atreus wonders whether Hutton really are keeping the thargoids at bay.
6: Amelius very kindly volunteered to work it all out.
5: And Norma's taking the initiative again this week. Or is she?
4: Major General Noctavedos, retired, the one-man BGS machine and former head of Hot Pit got himself into hot water this week after challenging Tharg the Mighty to a bout of unarmed combat after a glass of apple juice saw two. Turning up at the appointed location, somewhere deep in the Pleiades, and wearing nothing but his remlock and a girdle, the Major General proceeded to attempt to unleash nine shades of ninja fury at the multi-limbed galactic menace. At which point, a combination of the double vision, uh, caused no doubt by Tharg's latent ability to scramble things at a distance by growling and flashing at them, and having a limb count significantly lower than his opponent, the Major General ran into some trouble. When he awoke, Tharg had nicked his datapad, his glasses and all memory of the intervening four hours and left him on the boarding ramp of the anaconda of a kindly nearby trucker. The Marquess of Queensbury may not have ever made it to the Pleiades, but we're glad to report that he wasn't ingested, digested and molested of the probulating kind, as has happened to so many occupants of occupied escape pods over the last few years. Below the belt, this wasn't. Incensed, the Major General immediately ordered his former wingmates into into full combat formation, mounted an SRV, and took his ire out on the nearest Thargoid machine, which promptly broke again, leaving the Infinite Dreamer still completely in the dark.
2: With
3: the closing ceremony of the Avic Games fast approaching, there have been a number of stewards' inquiries after one Hutton Trucker appears to have come down with a nasty case of the clones. Yes, King Hanky of Colonia appears to have multiplied himself. With only one way to tell the Hankeys apart, all five clones were promptly dipped in Universal Indicator, turning them a variety of colourful shades. Unfortunately, someone lost the colour wheel, and therefore we have absolutely no idea which one the real hanky is. With more colour than a Morris dance, the hankies have been put on warning that only one of them qualifies for any special awards for taking part. But with more of them than can be found in a fresher's bedroom in September – yes, we're talking about the flu, not the other thing – this challenge is a knotty one, to be sure. Alvin would like to remind Hutton Truckers that cloning is outlawed throughout the galaxy as it makes life really complicated at dinner parties and anyone caught impersonating themselves will be given a stern stare. The kind that he gives to suspicious vegetarian sausages that appear tasty but give him bad guts.
2: After a number of commanders returned from the Pleiades, covered in various varieties of viscous liquids, local scientists have been at pains to study the Thargoid effluent and arrive at a measuring scale that adequately describes the level of green goo galatnus glute trouble that they're in. With scientific probes from Professor Palin and the Xenobiologists of Canon, in an experimental phase only, the team have had to invent their own equipment. The VAMO meter patent pending has established a galaxy SY unit of ick. The SI Ick is defined as the amount of material at one standard atmosphere and temperature, determined at conditions at Birmingham on Earth, that can cause nausea in under 3.3 nanoseconds, the time it takes for light to travel one meter. With airborne particles taking too long to reach the olfactory senses of even the most sniffy spaniel, Hutton scientists have postulated that the Ick is actually a lightborne particle, pitching a lift on passing photons. This replaces the old imperial unit of the Yak with one Yak to a Hurl and nine Hurls to a Chunder. Using the new measurements, Hutton have determined that the sight of a scavenger emptying its stomach contents onto the floor of a Thargoid machine is approximately 2.54 ics, caustic missiles are well over 50 ics, and the full Thargoid space station green goo explosion is a mega ick, approximately one starch in old money. There are planned tests on a number of earthbound causes of the ick particle, including the 2am Donner Kebab, mushy peas, And of course, the ultimate Ick source, one of the toilet brushes from Cubicle 3. Any commanders volunteering to take part in Ick testing are required to have a strong constitution, inoculations against mods, and of course, comprehensive life insurance.
6: Commander Brett Riverboat, Hutton's biggest tosser and proprietor of the Hutton Zero G, known pineapples allowed pizza emporium, has announced that he'll be hanging up his chef's hat and taking up an entirely more reputable career in the near future. Yes, Mr. Riverboat has applied to be a big wig, big rig trucker. He's taken an intensive course in CB banter, Ginster's Pike scoffing with one hand, big tail swings and, of course, that ever-truckerish ability to leave a copy of the sole newspaper on the dashboard open at the page with the scantily clad model. Of course, at Hutton we don't pass judgement on ships with their bulkheads on shore, but you know, there are some sensitive types out there and we wouldn't want to fall foul of the sensors.
7: Good evening, truckers. Atrus5060 here with some ever so lovely news from the Thargoids. We broke them again. They've buggered off. They're nowhere to be seen and it's more than a little coincidental that it's the same week that we broke their computer. That's the last time Tharg invites one of our interns around to look at his hard drive as it's going a little slow you should see the images he keeps on it scandalous stuff anyway we've got another week off at this rate i'll have to go and find something else to do like move house keep trucking for the mug and don't forget truckers you can always help fix some stations with operation Ida, or is it I D A? anyway that's enough from me toodaloo
5: So, I have a message here from Deadmeat. Can you pad this out, please? I ran out of time. So, uh, as some of you may know, when it comes to me in technology, well, let's just say I clipped the Thargoid machine while trying to find a parking spot. This pad makes about as much sense to me as reading Golnar in Cyrillic. But from what I can make out, most of Alvin's systems are looking healthy, with influence riding above the 40% threshold in most. Some, however, are a little too healthy, so please do not work for hot in LP 532-81, LP 525-39, Wolf 124, Luton 145-141, Van Manen Star. Hmm, drop him like Bowie did with his balls in the outtakes from the classic Earth movie, Labyrinth. And especially not in LHS 340. The hot pit team would like to remind commanders to never go there. Unless, of course, you have received a red card as part of the Operation Active Endeavor and need to visit the naughty step. Operation Active Endeavor is our effort to bolster our position in Alvin's latest system, AVIC, by offering incentives for work done. Command who, commanders who run the Hunt Helper will automatically enter a prize raffle by running missions and passengers for HOT in Abic. The more you do, the better your odds of winning. You can also increase your odds by running some missions, but not too many, for other factions in the system, aside from the dastardly serious corporation. Any missions run for them will result in a red card, which can only be cleared by visiting the Naughty Step, a.k.a. Khan Holdings in LHS 340 see hot.forthemug.com forward slash missions.avic.php for more details and the T S and C S. How else can you help? By selling high demand goods, most of Alvin's systems are in boom state, which means trading has double the normal benefit. By handing in exploration data, uh, you can which you can in any station owned by HOT, Ask for the Facebook group or Discord chat chat if you're not sure where. By redeeming HOT bounties, this can be done in any system uh, where HOT has a presence. By running missions and passengers for HOT, ideally choosing the mission reward which offers the most influence. Finally, spare a thought for the citizens of Epsilon Eridani, who are currently experiencing a rather unpleasant outbreak. As such, basic medicines are in great demand and can be sold for ten times the galactic average. Everything else is comfortable, all pipe and slippers style, I guess we are really lucky to have a guest presenter here who can tell us what it all really means later in the show, along with some hanky once we've washed him. Anyways, I'm off to find out where the safety catch is in the frying pan ready for when dead meat gets back next week, for the time being. Over to Norma. The Interstellar
6: Initiative, the Enclave, concludes today. And in light of the outstanding efforts from all the commanders who contributed to this endeavor, the superpowers will begin to colonize more systems in the region over the next few weeks. More later.
3: Well, I went down to Hutton and I saw Alvin. He was like, Orf? And I was like, yeah, whatever.
1: Yeah, and this pirate comes up to me and he's all like, Give me all your stuff and I'm like, yeah, whatever.
7: So well
3: later I'm on the planet and this skimmer comes up and it's like pew pew and I'm
7: like, yeah, whatever.
1: This is my faction state of whatever, yeah, and this is your faction state of whatever, and this is our faction state of whatever.
3: Well then, it was 3am and I'm in a war zone wearing my python. This fed comes up and he says,
1: hey punk, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Right, yeah, and then I'm smuggling in the Rubigo, and Officer Leroy comes up to me and he's like, Hey, I thought I told you. And I'm like, Yeah, whatever.
4: Well, then
3: up comes Simuth. I'm like, Yo, Simuth, what's up? He's like,
7: Nothing. And I'm like, That's cool this
1: is my faction state of whatever and this is our heart faction of whatever yes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so what have we got to talk about this week we now we've had the the avic mini game going on um to so- I don't know whether Darren's... He probably hasn't noticed. He's probably not in Hutton space anywhere. He's probably down on some planet murdering some poor aliens with with miniguns. But um, we've had an update to the Hutton Helper whereby we can actually create games within games within games whereby the the Hutton Helper actually can send Hutton truckers off on missions and monitor how they're doing and issue red cards, yellow cards and all sorts um, because... We thought it'd be more fun to give out some prizes that way, and Amelia, I think you've got some details from from dead meat um yeah. about the avic mini game going on in yes in a nearby system to Hutton space
5: yes, um okay, let me have a look here hmm. I really you know he he cord you know the coordination of this pad is terrible
3: I know I said Cyrillic it's not Cyrillic it's just his handwriting,
5: okay. So the tables were shaken up over the last couple of nights as custodian BAM's partner in crime, Commander uh, Duckface, that's not an anagram, joined the game, racing up to third place. The fabled Rincewind Cymru, okay. Uh, And the infamous mission runner Montgomery Python is in the lead. After doing all the hard work of coding this game, I can imagine Intarius Fusion is a little miffed at being knocked out of the top three. But there's plenty of time. We're up to thirty-one competitors, and if you've not joined in already, please do. 20, Twenty-six, du- hanky. Twenty-six,
3: 26 hanky. <laughs> we, we we have the hanky clones. No, twenty-seven then, isn't it? Because one of them's real.
5: Twenty-seven. We
3: just don't know which one's real.
5: Well, as Duckface has shown, you can be uh, challenging for a win within a day or two. Most commanders have managed to get the hang of balancing their missions and are around the zero score. They need well a few, but mostly Hanky in various guises, are playing a bit too safe and sticking to hot missions. The commanders Defo 316, Tarrant, Rincewind Cymru, Malice, XR3, and Lou Snockers, who was just feeling homesick, have had red cards. Commander Missouri Woe has a whopping four red cards but we think they're obvious to the whole event this time next week we'll be dishing out prizes there's uh all to play for and don't forget every influence point gets you an entry into the raffle uh although there is a one prize per entrant rule
3: well uh, thank you very much for decoding (coughs) that uh, note from dead meat gf so uh, yes, darren Darren, 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 is this the first game you've come across where scoring zero is the way to win? Ooh,
2: that's a good question. Uh, yes, possibly so. That's quite novel.
3: Yeah, no, this is... This is a, I mean, in true Hutton style, we've got to do it in our own way. It's not the high score, it's not the low score, it's not the... Yeah, it, it is scoring zero. I think that's what they're saying, is you've got to balance... The, the way this thing's working is that you go to Avic and... Um, you have to do missions for everybody apart from one of the factions Um, and if you do too many missions for everybody else of course Hutton drops so you have to do a few Hutton missions to boost Hutton back up again but they're they're not the owners of the system we want to we we hate them so we um, we're trying to hurt them so you have to balance the Hutton missions against the missions for everybody else and end up hovering around the zero mark if you go too far one way then you end up with a, a yellow card at which point you get a warning if you get two yellow cards you then have to go to lhs 340 to clear yellow card and then get back again in the game so the, the red cards are issued for either working for the wrong faction completely or for um, just doing too well so, you know it's it's an interesting game dynamic there
8: good evening this is rex bottoms hutton's newly appointed war reporter Coming at you live from Y08550714. So move Cut it out. Someone will see you. Sorry. The Hutton orbital truckers have been engaged in a pitched battle for the last week against one of the minor factions here, and it looks like the tide is finally turning. Before I give you all an update on the ongoing battle, we have an audio snippet from earlier in the week talking to members of both sides about what started this conflict. I'm joined here in the studio by representatives from both sides in this rapidly escalating conflict. Good evening, gentlemen. Yeah, alright.
6: This is ridiculous.
8: For the purposes of this broadcast, gentlemen, I'll be keeping your names confidential. But Dud, you represent the Hutton Truckers. Can you describe how all this started? Well. We was in the bar at Hutton, right, talking about how nice it was now that we was in charge of the system and how funny it would
3: be if we expanded into Sol. when a couple of stiff fed types came over. We offered to buy them a stiff one and made a few jokes, you know, about expanding into
8: Uranus. Didn't seem like it. Indeed, I would expect not. So, Fred, you witnessed this whole episode?
3: I don't find this in the slightest amusing... This has nothing to do with drunken bar antics at this hellhole you call a headquarters.
8: Some would suggest that the freedoms at Hutton far outweigh oppressive federal rule. However, what is it about? After all, you don't control the station.
3: Hutton and their ownership of the Alpha Centauri
7: system present a visible threat to the local area and, as such, should be prevented from expanding their ludicrous operations elsewhere. As for that, Bloody dog.
4: What'd you call my mum? Gentlemen. Yeah, I've worked you out for starters. Yeah, cop this one in the party bags.
8: As you heard there, this fight is serious. Deadly serious. Hutton's executive commander, Alvin de Feer, issued orders that in retribution for perceived insults, all truckers were to descend on WISE 0855 0714 and launch a full scale assault. The minor federal faction, backed as we understand it by the notorious mug denier Ben Ryder, brought some heavy federal hardware to the party.
6: Warning, capital class signature detected.
8: Commanders Marshall, Puppy, and BGT have commanded wings of truckers, attacking at every opportunity and driving capital ship after capital ship away for repairs. Only a handful of Pilots' Federation commanders have joined the Federal efforts, including at one point Fazerina van Kastar and Commander Snuffler, though this reporter has been led to believe that it was all a big misunderstanding and they clicked the wrong button.
6: Under attack.
8: Oh dear, we seem to have drawn some fire from Federal forces. Broadcast a press signal on all channels. Scimoof, stop mooning them out the window, man. Dear God, someone has a railgun. This is a distress call, all channels, this is Rex Bottoms. I'm under attack, Y0855-0714. Someone send
3: help! Now, talking of game dynamics, I'm going to blame you. 100% you. I lost four hours of my Sunday to you, sir. Did
2: you, did you lose four hours, or did you improve those four hours over anything else you would? Have well, done no, in
3: life? I started something, and then four hours later, I looked up and went, "Oh my god, that's the time!" Um, oh, I've a million things I was supposed to do. Yeah, so for the last few years, you've been working on a project uh, which we've installed over in the Hutton Games Room. Would you like to introduce this project now that it is sort of public and live, and people can go and get it for themselves as well?
2: Yeah, so Jupiter Hell is a, is a new roguelike game, uh, which has just been released in early access. has been going through alpha and beta stages. There's a Kickstarter uh, about 18 months or so ago, a very successful Kickstarter. Um, so this is a sequel slash uh, successor game to Doom the Roguelike, a, a roguelike version of Doom. Um, unfortunately, the guy that made that uh, got threatened with being sued by ZeniMax, who bought the Doom IP and then proceeded to sue people over it. Um, it was a free game, so uh, he decided, let's make a, a commercial game, but with a, a fresh IP, but still with a lot of the same uh, style and fun. So, uh, Jupiter Hell, it's... Uh, you. Is a marine on a sort of zombie and demon infested moon of Jupiter, not of Mars. Uh, and you go blast through with shotguns, rifles, rocket launchers, that sort of thing. It's got a kind of 90s shooter style to it. Yes, um, just released in uh, in early access this week. Uh, it's been receiving a lot of positive feedback. I'm very glad that it's swallowing up a bit of your life too.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's. Um so you, what your input obviously there's a there's a whole team behind it it's just it's not a, like a one one-man operation so you know what, what what's been your input into this uh, you, know, you know name drop the guys on the team um so who's behind it and um you know what's what's been your contribution so far
2: so, Cornell Kuchelovich is the uh, is the main developer behind it, um, and he is a team of about six of us. Uh, so, Cornell is the main developer. He created the engine behind it. He created the original Doom, the roguelike, all on his own. Um, And he's been working on this for about five years now. Um, And then we have a team of people working on various graphics things, um, uh, uh, a sound designer who's created an original metal soundtrack for the game. And then I've been working on the story and the writing, as well as the game design pieces uh, for, for the game.
3: So the the story flow that you go through is 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 your bit, you know, in terms of the the levels you go down and where you get to at the end of it. There are no spoilers in this one, but you you, you work yeah, your I, way through. It's not completely open ended, r- right is it?
2: Right now, no, it's not. It's it's got a an endpoint which is not what the endpoint will be in the final game, but there's a kind of capstone challenge that we put in this early access version. Um, the story as it stands, is fairly light. Um, we're going to start layering in lots more story pieces um, as we go through early access. Early access is a sort of, you have to have a bit of everything, but it's not everything at the final stage. So it has to be graphically up to a certain spec. It's got to be gameplay up to a certain spec. It's got to have a whole cohesive way of playing. Um, but we're just going to keep adding and adding and adding and improving uh, from here on until the, the whole 1.0 release.
3: Yep. So for uh, for those obviously who've not played you know, roguelikes in the past, um, I mean I remember, um, and we, we're talking back on sort of you know ASCII screened um, computers back on old five and a quarter inch floppy drive um old computers you know where where you where you you dropped into a procedurally generated environment where as you walk around it reveals the room to you and the exits in the room to other rooms and you can pick up things on the floor so at the time it was sort of a you could pick up a a sword or a better sword or a potion or a um some armor and and you sort of just kept going and kept going and when you died that was it you were dead It, it was permadeath i think is the phrase you use in rogue circles Correct. Um, And then you had to start over again. You had to see how far you could get before you ended up being murdered by goblins or kobolds or something in in the game. Kobolds being the letter K, I think, at the time. Um, So
2: Jupiter, Hell follows all those things and every time you play of course the computer rewrites all the levels you never play the same level twice um
3: so the, I mean, but the, the the base environment you know that the level you're on in terms of the the look and feeling you know, whether it's in a spaceport or it's in a a cavern somewhere those are sort of predetermined level styles but then within that the rooms can be laid out anyway anyway as Correct. As, There's
2: yeah. like different generators for different areas. You've got like a, a space station aesthetic, and but there'll be lots of different configurations. But then you'll go through a kind of a mining colony aesthetic, and then that's got different graphics and also different layout types. The mining areas a bit more open. Um, and you've got, you got some side ambush. missions
3: as well. You can you can you can actually decide you want to go down this way or that way and you can sort of branch off into side missions too can't you they're not they're not missions yeah. like you have to accept something but you go into side areas which you can complete for extra achievements and that kind of thing so yeah. I, I mean the main I, thing
2: with them uh, is yeah? that they're they're harder uh, they're generally much tougher, but they've got some much cooler rewards. So there's a bit yeah, of risk taking. I died, you know, died
3: so many times, and um, so obviously being not like the so the original rogue stuff, which was um, like a um, a fantasy dungeon romp. This is very much a sci-fi equivalent of it. So you've got you've got guns, and you've got you know, grenades you can throw. So you you got damage at, at range, um, and it's turn based, isn't it? So you know you you make your move, they make their move. Um, and the monsters wander around the area. They don't stay put. They actually wander around and try and they don't try and find you, but they certainly um, sneak up on you a bit.
2: Yeah, once they detect you, and some of them have better detection ranges than others, uh, they'll then try and and head for you. Um, yeah, it's turn based, like you say. So uh, it's been quite interesting actually seeing the game getting played by a wider public, and some people have been remarking on um, how innovative the time system is. Like, when you move, everything else moves. It's um, it's quite funny, because we've had this time system for, like, 40 years in this genre, but a lot of people haven't encountered the roguelike genre before, and, and this is quite new to them.
1: Well, the it games means, you, it the means games- you
3: can play quite strategically, because, obviously, you can actually just stop. Don't touch the keyboard and think about your next move, or you can run through it like a loony, blasting everything as if you were in almost you know, a a real-time game, you can go nuts in it and run around, but you're going to die really quickly, but you can stop and think about your next move. You know, what what armor should I put on or what um, stimulant should I use or whatever in the game so that you can think a little strategically.
2: Yeah, so this is, I think... What I love about Roguelikes best is that you choose the pace at which you play. You can rush through things, and, and you know, especially when it's easier areas or you're going through more empty areas, you can rush through things um, and it can take almost no time. Um, and when you're really good at a game, you, know, you learn to just really rush through things very quickly because you become so expert at playing. But then when you see something threatening and you know you need to stop and think, you can stop and think and go and make a cup of tea and, and really think about what you're going to do to get through what could be a very tricky challenge that needs some careful Yeah, movement.
3: because of the, the randomization of the pickups that you get, I mean, you know, you, you may be wandering around, you know, in your underpants, basically, with no armor. And you're thinking, OK, I, yeah, I know there's some bad guys here somewhere and they're going to catch me. And I know I've got, you know, not much to defend myself. What am I going to do next? So um, yeah, I, I've really, really enjoyed it, and I'm not just blowing smoke up your Watsit on that one. I, I I did lose four hours on Sunday, and it is it has a real retro feel to it, and the voice work. Now, special credit for the voice work on this one. Um, I would say if it had a rating, an age rating on the game, you can turn off the foul language, but we don't like doing that, do we? So you can turn it right up to yes, sweary levels um the uh-huh. voice the voice work's done by a, a professional or one of the team or i mean there probably are professionals as well, but you know what i mean it's it's um so
2: the the voice is Mark Meir, who did Commander Shepard in um what's that big space station game called
3: i <laughs> I couldn't possibly tell you
2: uh, big space r p g oh man, why am I getting blocked on that um it'll come back really to later. big. Yes, it will. Uh, but he's uh, he's well known as Commander Shepard in um, that game that's really popular and well known. Yeah, that known one.
5: That yeah, uh, he's, got, he's got a, that. Yeah. D-
3: it has, a, for want of a better description, a bit of a Duke Nukem vibe to it. I mean, you're talking about the sort of the 90s kind of gaming vibe you get off it as well. It has an awful lot of the, the, the Duke Nukem style, irreverent sweariness about picking up weapons and glorifying and blowing things up.
2: Yeah, but he also screams a lot when he dies, which is great. So Mass Effect—that was the name of the game. Uh, so if you've ever played Mass Effect and you have wanted to hear the the main character in it die a lot, then uh, this is now your opportunity. Oh well, uh, I mean, given that,
3: <coughs> excuse me, given that this is actually only in sort of early release, I—I I, I mean, I've, I played it as it is. I loved it as it is, and actually, if nothing else was added, it was you know it was worth the pennies I threw at it. Um, now, looking at the the Steam reviews at the moment, it says uh, all reviews very positive so far, which is all right for you guys. Yeah, um, we're,
2: we're quite happy with the reception so far.
3: Yes, yeah, it's, it's not bad. But how much more of you as a team you know, got planned and are gonna add to it? Is is it just a polishing job now, or is there some exciting stuff you want to be sort of adding in with the next few releases?
2: So there's a lot more gameplay content to be to be just layered on and layered on. We've got we've got a, like a really smooth uh, sort of chunky basic gameplay thing. It's very fast to play, but you still got lots of tactical options within that. But it's about layering on more and more tactical options. Um, particular, uh, there's lots more weapons we want to add, more exotic weapons. So oh, see, that was that was one like-
3: of the questions. Yeah, because at, at the moment, um, I think you you've got five or six different choices. You know, your you good old-fashioned chain guns and chainsaws, through to uh, the odd the odd pistol and rifle, I think.
2: Yeah, and we're going to get energy weapons and lightning weapons and things like that. Oh, I see. Uh, that was right n- now
3: preempted exactly what I was going to ask there. when am I <laughs> going to get my portable beam laser?
2: Yeah, that's that's definitely coming, and uh, more versions of the current weapons. So you can find already in the game like ones with special abilities, but we want to again. The more, the nice thing about it, like a procedural content game, um, and Frontier's gone through, or Elite Four has gone through this. <laughs> Elite Dangerous, they call it Elite Four anymore. Um, you know, the more tweaks you add, like the, the more like little variations you add, it, just, it goes on top of everything. So if you remember the early days, like the, the planets in Elite Dangerous could look fairly samey. But the more and more they, they added on, like added more crater types, added more ravines and stuff, uh, the more variety you've got and all the content that was in the game. And it's going to be the same with Jupiter Hell. The more we add the different uh, weapon mods and different things like that, the more enemies will end up having different statuses and things attached to them. Uh, things will get more complex, more tactically interesting, um, and much harder as well. If you enjoy dying, there's going to be a lot more uh, talking of, that.
3: of uh, Talking of being harder, obviously, I've, I've played the game on easy because, you know, I'm, I'm terrified by such things but i i I played it on easy i spent quite a few hours doing it and you can get through you know and play it through on easy and then it unlocks some alternative modes for the game as well so you you know it isn't just you're going to crank up the difficulty there are different different play modes as well where you get fewer weapon slots or you you're only allowed to use a shotgun to run around At, at the moment i've tried one of them and died horribly really really quickly a lot um but you can as you as you sort of complete it once through it then it doesn't just unlock sort of more difficulty it also unlocks different ways of playing the game as well
2: yeah it's all about having that um variety especially if you if you master the base game there's always going to be more challenges for you to have
3: Oh well, it sounds fantastic, and, and you know, thanks very much for all the work on it. I know we we saw it at the ECM event. What was it two ECMS ago over in um, the southeast?
2: Yeah, that was, I think... that was the alpha of it. Yeah,
3: yeah, and it, it's come on a long way since then as well. So um, and now, if somebody was interested in in getting you know their own copy to to play while flying to Orbital, mm-hmm. you know, the, it, it's an hour twenty three minutes and forty five seconds or something like that these days, um, which is plenty for a good game of this. Um, where might they find it?
2: Well, they can go to JupiterHell.com for all sorts of info and trailers and so on. Uh, But you can go straight to Steam, buy it on Steam, or um, GOG.com. We're also on there.
3: Okay, well, thank you very much. Now, hopefully you're going to hang around for a bit more of the show. Important message
1: from Code.
3: Are you the kind of commander that likes drowning kittens? You are. You leave the toilet seat up after every piss. You are a pirate. You drive a fair lance and refuse to use your indicators.
4: You are a pirate.
3: Do you have an eye patch on both eyes? You are a pirate. We're the code and we're recruiting for your sort. Help ruin someone's afternoon and join the code.
9: Yar. Yar, are fiddle indeed. Being a pirate is a wretched indeed want
1: because a pirate is free you are a pirate I'm ready Hot pit report here with all of the latest hot pit report But what does it mean? When they see we're expanding does that mean that we're all getting fat? Where can we sell all our data and not be a dirty truck and phong top cock Boob-loving, useless, incredibly annoying truck. T- Hot Pit Report, here with all the instructions. Hot Pit Report. It's time
5: for the Hot Pit
1: reports.
2: So, Amelia...
5: So, so, Mr. Barnaby Wilde, what on earth does it all mean?
2: That would be telling.
5: <laughs> it would
3: be very, very telling. Well, <clears throat> this is this is your test about um, yes, how much attention you were paying during the news. <clears throat> so every week we have a little bit during the news where um, Dead Meat or, or Dead Meat Standing tells us what we're supposed to be doing and what we're not supposed to be doing. And we, we can talk about um, some of the systems. Now, we're going to l- give you some leading questions here to see how much in-depth knowledge you've got all about um, uh-huh. playing the BGS. Yes, sure. So, in LP five
2: thirty-two eighty-one
3: five twenty-five thirty-nine 525, Wolf 124, Luton 145, 141, and Van Marnenstar, Hutton has far too much influence. And we might want to take it down a little bit. How might a commander take it down a little bit?
2: Uh, they could adjust their belt settings. Be
5: yep. like the- Bowie.
3: Yeah, we we could do that, yes. Um, or maybe they could work for some of the other factions a little bit.
2: Yes, of course. Yes, that's what I was about to say, yes.
3: And so if a commander was coming in with, let's say, I don't know, 200 million credits worth of data, we wouldn't advise they go to these places, but they might want to go to some of the other ones. They so might. When dropping your data, what's the most important thing to remember? Uh, pick it back up again. Yeah, well, you, you could do that, or you always insert it into something we have, rather than something otherwise we don't it,
2: have. it's littering, right? do yeah. just dropping things everywhere. Don't,
3: don't, don't, yeah, don't drop a big load all over the place, because that just makes a mess. Um, and if you want to do bounty hunting and pew-pew, you can do that, um, as long as you get the right kind of bounties and hand them in at anywhere except those places.
2: Yes, but whatever don't get the dark bounties. They don't taste as nice.
3: No, 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 no. Dark bounties are no good. And in fact, I'm not a fan of bounty anyway. Too much coconut. And uh, oh, I oh, okay. We we have a dissenter in the camp, Flossie. You like the <laughs> coconut?
5: I do. Yes. Okay. Do you put the lime in it? Lime. You put the Brilliant.
3: lime in the coconut. You put the lime on a bounty bar.
5: A
6: lime,
3: a lime and bounty yeah. bar. Mm. Yeah. A chocolate lime and bounty uh, coconut. See, there's either
6: milk chocolate
4: or dark chocolate? Is this where we are? We'll Lovely. be doing biscuit reviews next. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know they've they've been they've been canned. They're not allowed anymore. They've been banned throughout the galaxy. Um, okay. All right, chocolate bars then. Now one, <laughs> really, important yeah. one really important galaxy. Run, really important one. Chocolate bars. What about Colonia? Now, Darren, have you ever been to Colonia? I have not. You you, you have not. Have you ever met King Hanky
2: uh, only in my dreams.
3: <laughs> I'm not sure those were G- dreams unless they were cheese-inspired <laughs> ones. Um, well, I will tell you what, I'm I'm going to. There's some, some big notes here. I'm going to. Have you still got the script in front of you? Have you binned it already?
2: It's it's yes, it's in front of me.
3: Right, I've just yeah, I've just dropped something. Yeah, King Hanky has given you a very special instruction on what to do. It's there.
2: And um, where?
3: Under Jupiter Hell.
2: All oh, right. Okay. Instructions. I'm I supposed to say this.
3: Well, do you do tell everybody what they need to do in, in, in Colonia, even though you've never been there. Okay. No, no
9: so... we want you to sing it.
2: <laughs>
9: <laughs> in, in Welsh. <laughs>
2: Work in, in tier only, voice. please. Uh, tier only. What's that mean? Oh, tier tier
3: is a system that we own over in Colonia. Oh,
2: right. All right. So the system of tier, I know what I'm talking about. Yep, definitely. So, uh... Missions and passenger missions in Tier only. So Tier is uh, the place to go. Um, bounty hut in AL Procul Centauri. Is that a real
3: place? Yeah, that that is that is the site of Hut and Moon, and Fort ah. and Fort Mug.
2: So go bounty hunting there or in and uh, put hand in at Tier. Buy low, sell high. That's just uh, obvious, right? um exploration if you've got any exploration credits they can be cashed in at tier in uh Depot deport only that's for say depot uh,
3: Dolar do- depot yes
2: yes yes very <laughs> very expert here yes um, um, and please keep up the great work and remember if in doubt post a message to king hanky regarding any data drops okay
3: well thank you very much there darren and um thank you very much for um,
4: Hot an orbital pizza,
1: because takeaway is a dish best served cold. When the universe is in trouble, bug infestations in the bubble, your home stations burn rubble. What on earth can we do now? Interstellar initiative. Let Flossie tell you what it is, then you can get involved with this. You should listen to what Flossie said. Interstellar Initiative. Flossie tells us what she thinks it is, then you can get involved with this. Now you should listen to what Flossie says.
6: Hello, Flassie here with this week's Interstellar Initiatives news. This week, the Enclave has concluded. Starting from today, the following will occur. In light of the outstanding efforts from all the commanders who contributed to this endeavor, the superpowers will begin to colonize more systems in the region over the next few weeks. A newly appointed engineer, Chloe Sadesi, will be located in the planetary port at Cinder Dock in which head sector DL-Y-D17. She will be offering upgrades on frameshift drives and thrusters. Just like the engineers in Colonia, Chloe's abilities to engineer modules will increase the more commanders employ her services. A tech broker and a material trader will be bringing their services to the planet's reports in Bray Landing, which heads sector LC-B, C2-9, and Vactured Hub, which heads sector EB-X, C1-7. This concludes the enclave, and with it comes a new broker recipe. Commanders across the galaxy will be able to create a unique Thargoid Interceptor Bobblehead You'll only need to create one If you take the required materials To a human tech broker To unlock it The unique bobblehead Will be available in your livery Across any of your ships The next CG is expected to start Next Thursday the 15th of August And that's this week's Interstellar Initiatives News
3: well, thank you very much, Commander Flossy. Now, <clears throat> I do have a button here that says... "Oh, here we go. Let's see if this one works. The outro. That's
9: what Flossy says. says.
6: <laughs> Greetings, commanders. Looking for a good time while you let your boosters cool? Wanting a place that doesn't judge you?
1: Where you can meet like-minded commanders? And
6: share tips. Where you can shake your booty into the early hours and wear glitter on your face? Then Karash Landing Base 69 is for you, the hottest dance club, well, only dance club of Hotton Orbital. Open 24 hours for your boogie needs. fee is a wink. Tell them Karash sent you to get more than a free drink.
0: Galnet News Digest, 8th of August, 3305. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, Palin parting from the Pleiades creates enclave opening for Chloe. King of the Fairies remains a free church. Lave sees the bright side of Alliance Festival. Galnet Gossip gets the chop. Palin parting from the Pleiades creates enclave opening for Chloe. A new and rival engineer to Professor Palin has taken advantage of his recent retreat to the Bubble to set up shop in the Witch Head Nebula, an area widely tipped to become the new colonia. Chloe Sedesi who started her career as an apprentice of Palin, saw the concentration of combat ships in the Witchhead sector as an opportunity to set up as an engineer in her own right, at Cinder Dock, especially after her mentor had been forced to flee the nearby Pleiades sector. She's still starting out, but with a little practice hopes that she should soon be able to offer the same Grade 5 thruster modifications as Professor Palin and his Colonia rival Mel Brandon. And it's rumoured that she may be able to offer frameshift drive modifications too. In further good news for the Witch Head Enclave, it's been confirmed that once all the starports are restored to full functionality by the painfully slow supply of vast quantities of repair materials, both a material trader and a technology broker have committed to open stores in the sector. In less good news, the definition of the word enclave is an inhabited area totally surrounded by a larger territory inhabited by a different race the prefecture of greater oresria does not welcome careful pilots or indeed any pilots unless they are thargoid king of the fairies remains a free church The Federal Intelligence Agency has proclaimed a victory over organised crime gang the Red Family, despite its failure to track down head honcho Oberon Church. The FIA says it's confident that all stocks of the deadly, super-addictive narcotic the Red Family was preparing have been destroyed, and that the organisational structure of the crime syndicate itself has been dealt a fatal blow. However, the FIA was unable to prevent the death of Supergrass Jan Sandoval in what is widely believed to be a revenge attack by former head of the Red family, Church. It seems highly likely that Church has at least some FIA employees in his pay, and he remains at large, with the FIA lacking any leads as to his current whereabouts. But of course, Everyone knows that Oberon is orbiting round Uranus. LAVE SEES THE BRIGHT SIDE OF ALLIANCE FESTIVAL Citizens of the LAVE system, which last week played host to the Alliance Festival of Culture, have been treated to a long speech by Alan Stroud, the commander of LAVE Station. A very long speech, in fact, in which he questioned the wisdom of the Alliance holding its festival in an independent system. Something which many Lavians welcomed as a recognition of the long period of stable Alliance control in the recent past, but which an almost exactly equal number of Lavians reject as a propagandist stunt from a failing superpower that just doesn't know when it's beaten. In his very long speech, which lasted several hours, and during which several members of the audience needed to be taken to hospital for treatment after falling into deep sleeps that were almost indistinguishable from comas, the good doctor made a number of reconciliatory noises. Because listening to a whole speech by Commander Stride is considered dangerous, we used teams of stenographers, working ten minutes on, ten minutes off to transcribe this magnum opus. What it boils down to is the Alliance is more or less OK and we welcome them to visit leave, as long as they buy some brandy in the gift shop and tidy up after themselves when they leave. But why say something in 31 words when you can say it in 400,000? Galnet Gossip Gets the Chop The editor-in-chief of Galnet, Ernest Plunkerton, has announced that Galnet intends to move upmarket, with fewer gossip stories and more hard facts about the galaxy. Gone will be the long-involved stories about ambassadors nearly marrying princesses and about Alliance presidents murdering rivals. And in will come hard facts about new types of spaceship being sold in the galaxy and details of appeals for assistance hauling goods and fighting Thargoids. What is not yet clear is how this will affect Galnet's publication schedule. When it first started, Galnet issued two or three stories every day. In recent months, this has decreased to roughly four stories per week. If it is now restricting itself to publishing only when new ships get released, we may find that Galnet has effectively become a quarterly publication. Galnet News Digest looks forward to being able to analyse every Galnet article in exquisite detail over a 13-week news cycle. It should be almost as exciting as a speech by Commander Stroud. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to.
6: Pisces, you are going on a long journey, everyone told you mate to hunt was a bad idea but you are independent and don't take orders now it looks like your cargo is full of flies and rotten meat. But luck is on your side. You can always sell it to McTharkoids for a small profit. So a good week all in all.
9: Ring, uh. <laughs> diddly, <laughs> <laughs> Oh lad, I don't know where you've been, but I see you brought cheese fries. Now you're a drunker. you got to do?
1: Truck. when you're a hunting trucker if you can't turn a profit then you're out of love. it's for the mug that we fly all over the space the light he is crossed at a hell of a peace just turn
9: This old Buck Naked, spokesman for Lacon Spaceways, back again for this week's Hutton Top Trucker. How do we keep up with your shenanigans while you toodle around in the Milky Way? Why, we install this little piece of software called the Hutton Helper in your spaceship. And if you ain't already got it installed, you can install it yourself, relatively pain-free, by going to the website hot.forthemug.com. Almost as pain-free as being labeled as a mass murderer because you play video games. Or being labeled as a mass murderer because only us mentally impaired are worthy of being hutting truckers. So let's get on to our top truckers from last week. Yeehaw! From the Explorers, jumping around like them horny rabbits in a field, Commander shadow 2 held the lead with almost 68,000 light-years jumped. That makes two weeks in a row for him. The leader in destroying the Don's dastardly Desperados this week is Commander ATIC 2 with 77.5 million credits earned and accounted for. Good on you for keeping the Don's repair bills up, Commander. Our top mission trucker for the fourth week in a row is Commander Montgomery Python. Who I thought said he'd retired with 1,547 mission points earned. And that ain't all he's done, because he was also hauling cargo like a Hutton trucker auto. Yep, old Commander Montgomery Python transported and sold almost 143,000 tons this week. Keep on trucking there, Commander. Driving the Hutton high speed rail this week. Commander Spot the Cat hauled 4,009 passengers around the galaxy, and that's a pretty active kitty cat right there. Our fastest run to Hutton Orbital is held by Commander Rampage 737 in 1 hour, 22 minutes, and 40 seconds. But the fastest run in this month, August, is held by... uh, I don't even know how to pronounce this name. Commander 07 Commander, or Commander Salute Commander, or whatever, whatever your doggone name is. Anyway, he did it in one hour, 23 minutes, and 49 seconds. Someone please beat his score so I don't have to say that again. If y'all think you got what it takes to beat these scores, then download that Hutton Helper and get to flying, Commander. If you want to hear your name on this here radio station make sure you got the Hutton Helper installed. Pick it up on the web at hot.forthemug.com and get to trucking. And don't forget, if you do hear your name called out and you ain't already got one, get in touch with us to get your very own Hutton decal for your ship. Button Top Trucker, brought to you by Lacon Spaceways. The only ships in the galaxy will come with your own personal reporter Harry Balzac blow-up doll.
7: That's the end of the show. Everybody's buggered off now, so why don't
3: you bugger off too? Hello, everybody. We're sort of back now. Hang on a second. Let's... That one. It's back, but then it stopped. I could play it while we're talking. Anyway, um, hello, everybody. We're back. There was a small interruption there because apparently the music was really, really quiet and then I accidentally stopped it. So, um... That made it
4: very, very quiet.
3: Unmute the mics... Now, you see, I'm getting messages left, right and centre while I'm trying to mash buttons. And I, I had a minor computer incident earlier where all the sound levels messed up and everything, and that was all my fault, and then we went live, and then they were still messed up, and then I pushed buttons, and it got worse. But it said on my screen, you see, there were six minutes remaining, which was probably foolish for the time warp. But hello, everybody, we're back. The usual chaos. Hey-ho, hopefully you can hear everything now. Let's just let's just check. Can Can everybody hear? Let me just check. If I play the time warp again... Is that coming out? Or is that really, really quiet again? They're it's not talking
0: astounding. to me. Time is fleeting.
3: No, it's gone again now. Oh, well, if the music's quiet, I'll deal with it later.
5: Racing up to third place. The fabled Rincewind Himru. Did I pronounce that right?
2: second spot. <laughs> <laughs> Rincewind Chimri. It's Chimri. Cum-
5: Cum- Chimri, okay. The commander's Defo 316, Tarrant, Rincewind K- Kimru K- c- Cumry
9: Cumry Malice You just have to start with the cum <laughs> <No>, c- <laughs> it, it, it,
4: it, <laughs> Don't worry It, it took, took Buck about three years to get that right
5: <laughs> Cumry Rincewind Cumry Malice <laughs>